You're listening to SBS News. A paper into occupational roles shows that the gender divide is persisting across key industries, despite an increasing number of women entering the workforce. A new report by the Committee for Economic Development of Australia says there are still high levels of gender segregation. Female participation in the workforce has risen by 41 per cent since 1980, but there are still clear female and male-dominated areas of the workforce. Women are severely underrepresented in construction and STEM fields, which include industries such as science, technology and agriculture. In fact, in the already female-dominated education and healthcare sector, the proportion of women has increased. CEDA CEO Melinda Salento says a segregated workforce is detrimental to the individual as well as workforce productivity. If you've got barriers to people um, working in sectors based on their gender, um, it means at an individual level people uh, aren't able to do the work that they, they want to or they're good at. Um, it means that we're limiting flexibility in workplaces and we're actually putting a lid on productivity. And I think one of the best examples of that is the construction sector, which is um, very male-dominated. And recent research there has shown that when you increase diversity and when you increase the number of women working in that sector, you see improved uh, communication, you see improved productivity, improved safety, and actually improved well-being amongst um, men working in the sector, so better mental health, for instance. If women have a child, they experience a motherhood penalty, according to the report. It found that across the first five years of parenting their first child, women's earnings are reduced by 55% on average, while men's earnings are unaffected. This fall in earnings is matched by an increase in childcare and other unpaid work, and in turn drives many women into part-time or more flexible lower-paid roles. Professor Ray Cooper from Gender, Work and Employment Relations at the University of Sydney says this divide creates gender inequality in the workplace. Male-dominated sectors tend to be better paid and they tend to be more of the path to advancement and power within organisations. So if women are cut out of those areas, uh, that means that there's a real um, you know, inequality in terms of things such as um, you know, earnings across the life course. Um, so when we see uh, sectors becoming more segregated, um, that's really heading in the wrong direction for a modern economy. Professor Cooper says it's a highly complex issue driven by socio-cultural and structural factors. This is both structural and it goes to sort of the norms about um, how... Um, OK, so what is seen as appropriate for a young woman to do when she grows up, so to speak? Um, or what, what is appropriate for a young man to be doing when he grows up and what sort of profession he wants to move into? Those kind of norms about what's appropriate work for the different genders are really, really sticky and they, they really have stayed with us despite sort of quite significant, you know, um, generational change around um, education um, and participation in higher ed and vocational education and training. Despite some advancements, Professor Cooper says there are structures which entrench women in care-based work. She says men are often discouraged from these roles, with many organisations amplifying that problem by failing to provide flexibility for men to engage in such work. Since 1987, women have outnumbered men graduating from higher education study, but in Australia, women make up only 35% of university enrolments in STEM fields, including engineering, chemistry and agricultural science. Women also made up just 10% of the construction workforce in 2021. The report shows leaders in the industry often focused on diversity initiatives, which simply met legal requirements rather than tackling inequalities. 
The construction union's incoming national secretary, Zach Smith, says a lack of female representation is concerning. Mr Smith says there needs to be a focus on cultural change to increase the retention of women in construction. We also need to focus on how we keep women in construction. And what we're seeing is that we have a big churn in the construction industry where women come in, it's not a good cultural fit, and then they leave shortly thereafter. So while we focus on how we get women into construction, we as a union believe that it's just as important that we focus on how we keep women in construction And that goes to culture, and that goes to changing culture, um, changing perceptions and beliefs on site. And our union has, in the last few years, committed itself and and done a number of uh, critical bits of work across the country in, in trying to change that culture. Mr Smith added that addressing sexism in the industry is also vital to ensuring it's a more welcoming place for women. The construction industry uh, is a wonderful industry industry. in terms of the, the paying conditions that you can receive, um, the training opportunities that you can receive. And it is unfortunate that a lot of women either feel like that they don't have a place or that they wouldn't be welcome into the construction industry, or once they're in there, that they don't feel like it's an industry that welcomes them. And our union is committed to doing something to change that. Um, uh, and we hope that industry gets on board. He's sees this report, he heeds its messages and, and joins us in showing that leadership and trying to change the way that the construction industry is seen. Women continue to perform nearly 70% of the physical and emotional care of children in 2020 to 2021, while only 42% of men held this responsibility. Only 5% of workplaces with flexible work, such as adaptive hours and locations, have targets specifically catered towards men. Professor Cooper says there needs to be a cultural overhaul of gendered roles to benefit men too. I think we have a real thing in Australia where we assume that men don't want to be engaged in um, the caring professions. I think that's a great loss uh, for the the customers and clients in those um, areas uh, and for the community broadly, but it's also a great loss for men. Uh, We know that men are increasingly telling us that they want to be more engaged in um, social aspects of the world around them and and including things like more involved in their family. Um, So I think some changes to break down uh, gender norms and gender stereotypes about paid and unpaid work um, are really, really important and will benefit not just women, but will actually benefit um, men and their families as well. The federal government announced an expansion of the paid parental scheme from eight to 26 weeks in its October 2022 budget, starting in July this year. The Women's Economic Equality Task Force will advise on arrangements for splitting leave between parents and greater flexibility around the timing of leave taken by both parents. Ms Salento says their report found prior to the changes, Australia had one of the least generous paid parental leave schemes in the OECD. It's going to be important to get some of the detail right too and to think not just about leave for primary caregivers uh, but also secondary caregivers who are in Australia predominantly um, fathers and making sure that they're encouraged and supported to, to take time off as well. And so there's some more detail to be worked through. The Women's Economic um, Equality Task Force is having a look at that, but uh, we think that's something that's going to be really important to get right as well. Even in female-dominated industries, men still disproportionately hold more of the leadership positions. Women perform a high share of part-time work, which contributes to vertical segregation, as the report notes that women with less time in the labour market are less likely to advance to higher status positions. This in turn expands the gender pay gap of 15% for full-time workers. 
Professor Cooper says encouraging women into male-dominated industries is only part of the solution. Another thing to do, and this is really critical, is to better value highly feminised jobs and to ensure that workers, who are mostly women, who are working in care sectors like childcare, like aged care, uh, like disability services, are paid decent wages and have employment security that they can leverage across their life course. The situation is even worse for migrant women. Female migrants are more likely to be secondary applicants on their partner's visa and to work in lower-paid occupations. Professor Cooper says diversity in the workforce is key to better ideas and more fulfilment. We know that the more diverse our, uh, our group is that we have working for us, the better the performance is. Um, and that goes to a whole range of issues such as getting rid of things such as groupthink. Uh, it leads to better governance because people ask different types of questions. And it also means that we, we can have better reflection of the community that we're working with and the customers that we're serving. So more diversity by gender and by all of the other um, you know, types of diversity items is really important for the performance of businesses and, um, you know, and even across um, organisations in the public sector and not-for-profit areas. CEDA's report has been submitted to the Employment White Paper, which is a federal government consultation paper developing a roadmap to improve Australia's workforce. The Department of Employment and Workplace Relations said in a statement that the federal government is committed to gender-based undervaluation, which can contribute to occupational segregation and act as a driver of the gender pay gap. The department adds that the government is looking to improve bargaining for pay and conditions in lower-paid and feminised sectors, as well as stronger rights to request flexible working arrangements. Katrina Stewart, SBS News.